Welcome to Literally, the podcast where we literally take you through the entire process of building a business and creating a lit up life. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach for high-performing women that want to live a lit up life while creating the impact and income they desire in their business. I bring my unique education and expertise to the table to help my clients create big results and move through big blocks. What makes this podcast so unique is that you'll hear one client's weekly coaching sessions for six months. These are recordings of our actual coaching sessions, so you'll see their unique challenges and strategies, their ups and downs, and their wins and losses. You'll also get to hear exactly how I coach them through it. I'm so excited for you to join us on this behind-the-scenes journey and gain insight into building your own lit-up life and the business that you desire. All right, guys, welcome to session one of season eight. I am so excited for you guys to get to know Angie. I'm so pumped for you to hear the trajectory of these first couple sessions. I'm so excited for you to hear about her business, to hear where she's at, to hear what her challenges are. I feel like this is going to be such a supportive season, but I also think a really different season, which is obviously always what we're trying to bring to literally. So really excited for y'all to get to know her and to dive in. It has been such a joy getting to know her myself. And so I think you guys will feel exactly the same. So thank you for being here for another season. Thank you for listening. Please go show Angie some love. I think that any podcast guest that has ever done this, you know, when that first session comes out, it feels quite intense. So remind her how much we all appreciate this. Give her some love and let's dive into season eight. There we go. We're doing it. Welcome, Angie. I'm so happy to talk to you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Amazing. Okay, cool. All right. So first of all, happy birthday to your son. I know it's his birthday. So I just wanted to say happy (laughs) birthday. Nine is like... Last year before double digits, like that's a big deal. I've just been crying and looking at baby photos. (laughs) (laughs) He's with his dad today, so I've just been weeping into my phone, you know. Your phone has like that cover of it. Yep, yep. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Well, happy birthday to him and happy. Thank you. I feel like it's, a you know, as the mom, it's like your day too. Who did the work? Yep. (laughs) I did the work on that day, yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. All right. So tell me, I feel like I have a a decent idea of where you are, but I feel like I have a lot to kind of get up to speed on, get to know. I know that like one of the biggest things right now is you're sort of like over, I don't know if overworking is the right term you tell me, but like overworking on kind of like delivery side, underworking maybe on like marketing forward facing Mm. side. So I'd love to just hear like a little bit about what that looks like right now. I'd love for you to kind of just give me a lay of the land in Mm -hmm. terms of like where you're at, where your time's going and start from there. Does that feel good? Perfect. Yeah. So I am, you find me in a bit of a, a dip in terms of my energy, which I think when we were talking about coaching together at the beginning, I was saying, I am really aware that I have powerful moments where I can just you know maybe they'll last for two three five six months even where I can power through things have loads of projects ideas come to me really quickly and I can just use a lot of energy I have seem to have a lot of energy and then I also have moments where I absolutely am the opposite and so one of the things I've been thinking about this year because this is the third year 
of my business now, I've been doing it for just over three years, is that I need to plan in a way that takes account of the low energy so that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel so much like I'm I'm falling back and that things aren't going to happen in the low energy cycles. Because one thing I notice I is that. that my mindset is just totally screwed when I get into a low mm-hmm. energy cycle and then think, and now nothing's getting done because I'm not driving it. So I've been really, really focused in the last year on acknowledging that that's the energy that I have and that's the way it works and trying to work out what I could put in place to mitigate some of the, you know, the the ebbs, if you like. And so one thing that I've been focused on has been operationalizing the back end and having more things systematized and having somebody come and work on setting up Dubsado for me, which has been a revelation because it's not how my mind works so I'm like workflows okay that looks great and so it's only just in the last month kind of live if you like but even that feels like such a relief after three years of having to use my own energy to get back to people and to remember who's where somebody is in what I now understand to be a workflow (laughs) (laughs) that was just like in your head Uh yeah yeah yes so I I feel like more of that would take care of quite a lot of the things that have been a huge drain I really appreciate Angie bringing this normalization of having those, you know, kind of like power moments versus dips in energy. I think it is so normal to experience that. I think so many entrepreneurs experience that, but it doesn't get talked about enough because what I think we talk about a lot, self-included, is consistency. But what I really believe and what I always teach my clients is that your business needs to be consistent if you want consistent, sustainable results, but that doesn't mean you have to be the only one doing that, right? So you can have systems, support, automation, structures, team, all of that, right? Can help your business stay consistent, even as you naturally experience kind of those ebbs and flows in your energy. So I just want to say, if you're someone that's resonating with this a lot, this does not mean your business is always going to have to have peaks and valleys either. It just means that you're going to need the systems to support you to ride those with yourself versus fighting yourself on that, right? Like, yes, can we all work on being more consistent? Sure. I think there is definitely personal work that we get to do on that sometimes. But if you're just naturally experiencing these things, maybe always have, maybe it's just how you operate. You don't really want to fight against that. You want to be like, what systems and support do I need to set up in my business so that my business consistency isn't only riding on my own energy because that's exhausting. But I also think that in the last year, I have witnessed, despite myself and my somewhat bias towards negativity, (laughs) I have witnessed that the business actually is doing well. So I'm like, oh, okay, it can make money. I, I can find clients, even though it's slightly sporadic. So it's almost like that part of it, that struggle bit, I don't need to worry about as much. But I do need to now because that's there's evidence that that this could actually work i do need to think about how i can continue to be creative because it's working and i've put everything into the delivery and people are like oh great we get you and do you come and see us live and will you be with us? people really want me which is yeah. lovely 
but the vision I've had always for the business is that it isn't about me and that it delivers beyond me and that I can bluntly, Lacey, sit on a veranda somewhere (laughs) watching my son snowboarding has always been the idea I've had in my head and doing, doing far less, but really applying myself to the creativity. And so this is a long-winded way of saying what I wrote in the pre-session form really when I look back and think about the periods of time that I've been really successful I've been a school principal I've been an executive leader in education and I used to think oh you're just really lazy because you love having a team and you love delegating but actually I think it really got Mm. the best out of me having a great team because I was able to come up with things that were really I was in my zone of happiness and also genius I think in being able to be visionary and because excellence is really important to me I've just been blessed by having an amazing team who could execute things so well so I feel like I'm constantly searching for that feeling again of feeling expansive and feeling really excited about everything because I know that some of the jobs that I'm doing at the moment I'm really good at delivery but it's not where I feel happiest And I'm terrible at all of the other operational stuff and I shouldn't be doing it. And I'm kind of using, I've been trying as much as I can to, as I say, I I am familiar with Basecamp because I forced myself to sit and give myself loads of tasks. And now every morning I just get reminders of things and think, oh, I'm not going to do that. I haven't got, you know, I can't do all of those things. Mm. So what I feel, and I've been working with different VAs and but it still has the same feeling of it's all coming from my brain I'm just now telling someone else to do something versus there is space for somebody else to say well how about this and I thought we could structure it like this and what would it look like if we did this and there's a bit of interplay between me and somebody else and a bit of me not having to then execute on all of the ideas that I can naturally generate does that make sense totally makes sense I always say like I know you mentioned in the questionnaire like what you probably need is an OBM and I always say like an OBM is like a second brain where like Mm. a VA is more like a second set of hands and so that's what I'm hearing from you so much here is you're like I have the hands that like what I really need is someone else's brain on my business versus just mine because you know that you are really good in a certain area of your business, but in terms of like, what should the workflow be? That's, yeah. you don't want that always coming from your brain kind of thing. No. I'm sure y'all have heard me talk about this on previous seasons, but it's really important to say because I think it is just one of the most important pieces of figuring out how you need to build your team, right? And that is that when we're thinking about hiring and roles, I really want you to think about the OBM, your online business manager, is really the brain of your business. And a VA, a virtual assistant, is really like a second pair of hands, right? And knowing this and operating and hiring accordingly is so crucial, right? Because sometimes what we think we need, right, is an extra brain, but actually we just need someone to like really help us like, you know, like execute and like get shit done. And so if we hire an OBM, it can be really, really frustrating because we're both kind of like thinking high level, but like nothing's moving forward or vice versa. It can be really frustrating. If 
I hire a VA and then I'm expecting them to like really know every nook and cranny of my business, be a high level thinker, be a project manager, manage other team, et cetera, et cetera. And the VA is like, well, that's not really my role. And it can be really confusing too. So just knowing like, what are these different roles? They're both critical in your business. Know that you're hiring at the right time for the right thing. And keep in mind that brains versus hands concept because it will really help it make it so much more clear when you go to hire and look for that position. I just feel like the next stage of this business could be really successful if it didn't come from my just from my brain. Yes. And I yep. kind of worry because I'm quite tired that anything that comes out of my brain right now is going to be a, a fairly reductive version of what it could be. And I mean, I was even like, I was looking at, I always want to say data table, but data <laughs> Yes. Yes. We, real you call paranoia. it what you want. We know what you mean. <laughs> and I was thinking, I would love to kind of be able to have so much more distance from what I'm doing to be able to have conversations about things like that. I would yeah. love to be able to zoom all the way out to say, well, what does it look like in five years? What could this look like in 10 years? But right now I just get to the end of the day and think, okay, another three sessions tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and that yes. that's mm. just feels a bit overwhelming right now. I want to like really give you a lot of credit though, because I feel like I think you have come to that I think is hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to come to is that you are not in fact the best person to do every task in your business. And I think that a lot of us hold on to that really tightly where it's like, oh no, it should be from me or I should figure it out or like I'm the one that has to do it. And I think coming to that place where we can like put ego aside, put all the noise aside, put all the stories aside and be like, I know that there are a few things I'm like fantastic at. And if I could put my time on those and mm. someone else could be fantastic at the other mm. pieces of my business, like that's where growth actually comes in. So I know it can like feel far away right now, but just want to like give you credit that I actually think you're probably so much closer than you think just by having that mm. realization because it takes a lot of us a long time to come to that realization. I think it is so important here to recognize our zone of genius and know that other people can be better at other things than us, right? This absolutely requires putting aside our ego, but is also critical for long-term sustainable growth. So you really get to hear Angie here being like, I'm like worked through that part. Like there's not ego around this for me anymore, right? I want to do the thing I'm great at and I want to trust that other people can do the thing that they're great at in the business. And this is when your business grows outside of you, right? I think it's such an interesting shift for a lot of entrepreneurs when like at the beginning of your business, you're kind of doing every single task. You're responsible for growing every piece of it. And then as your business kind of gets bigger than you, so to speak, other people stepping in, bringing their own zone of genius to it can feel really challenging initially. For me, it personally was for sure. But being able to put that ego aside and see your business as something outside of you, bigger than you, growing past you, is so useful in being able to actually take it to the heights that you want it to go, to be able to feel amazing in how you're operating and not feel like you're juggling a ton of balls that are all about to hit the ground, right? So really remembering this in your own business, there will be a time where that shift needs to occur, leaning into it, being willing to put your ego aside, seeing it as the path to long-term sustainable growth is so key. 
Well, it's really taken a long time to get to where I am today, able to say that out loud, because it's at both ends. It's at, I want other people to deliver the work now and not me. And that's been like wrestling that out of my cold, <laughs> dead hands. Like no one else can speak to my clients like I can. And I've yeah. just had so many... I've just slept on it and journaled on it and slept on it and journaled on it and come to the conclusion that I'm holding the business back. And mm-hmm. I think at that end of delivery, not to put too much of a hierarchy on it, but ultimately the delivery of my materials, somebody else could probably do much better with a lot more energy and a lot more excitement than I currently can muster. And at the other end, I really, <laughs> I don't know whether it's perimenopausal but my brain is not what it used to be anyway (laughs) so two brains would really help I think now yes and also I think sometimes our brains just get tired from so much context switching Mm. which is it sounds like what you're doing a lot you know the context switch from like with a client to creative kind of like backbone of the business to then VA in Mm. your business to then like workflow person and 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 so I think it makes sense that you're just kind of hitting that point of like, you don't have the energy for all of this because there's probably 10 context switching things happening in a day, Mm. which is very intense. Premenopausal or not, like that's still a lot, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that gets incredibly draining. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, I used to talk about decision fatigue so often in my content and I haven't for a while. And this reminded me how much I need to bring it back, but lots of context switching and too many decisions, i.e. decision fatigue can make us feel like there's something wrong with us when really there is just something wrong with how we're working right? It's too easy to fall into that trap of like, what's wrong with me? Am I not motivated enough? Am I not doing enough? Am I not, you know, this is what other people do sometimes too. Like, do I not know enough? So I need to take another course or another thing. And it's like, what happens so often is that it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with how we're working, how much context switching there is, how much decision fatigue there is. Our brains do not function best around this. Like it is studied, like it was well studied, right? That the more decisions we make, the lower quality of decision making we have, et cetera, et cetera. So I just want to say this too, if you're really resonating with this and and hearing yourself and Angie a bit, like this does not mean you are broken, right? One of my clients I remember was having this kind of happen in her business and she was saying to me like, you know, I think I might really have some disorder. I think I need, like was just like really spinning out thinking all of these things are wrong with her. And truly, she was just context switching so much that her brain was not performing at an optimal level at all. She was feeling really, really fatigued. She did not make the best decisions she could because there were so many of them. And I think when we shift that, everything else gets to shift from there. So just remember, sometimes it's not about changing you. It's about changing the way you're working. And that's where the relief really comes in. And I think what that really resonates because I haven't had a language for what's been going on really just for the last three years it can feel like because I work for myself oh I'm just not good at it because I I seem to not be able to finish this task or as soon as I get into Dubsado then I'm there for three hours going oh this and this and and then I switch into something else and I think oh I really don't want to do it and then I find myself in zero looking at the financial stuff and it's all just like (laughs) 
the surely there's a more efficient way of doing all of this because yes. I will get into everything and I can do everything and it annoys me when things aren't done to a high standard but I'm not doing things to a high standard on my own now so well I, I think your business is too big at this point for you to be doing things all well all the roles like I feel like that's sort of the point you've gotten to which is a great point to grow your business too right but I think you also have to come to that realization Mm. that you are coming to of like once it gets to a certain level there's no part of me that can have every role bookkeeper Mm. CFO on top of everything else we mentioned too that you just said so I, I think it just makes a ton of sense that like there's almost no way you could be doing all of that to like a level of excellence because one, you probably don't have all those skill sets none of us do. And then two, it's just literally so draining mm. to context switch, to decision switch, to be in decision fatigue all the time. Plus mm. you're a single mom. Like, <laughs> I mean, holy hell, right? Like, of course your brain's tired. Of course you're having these cycles. Oh, that was something I was going to ask you. I I don't know a lot about this, so... I'm sure anyone that listens to the podcast will tell you more than I do, but I'm just curious because I'll go look it up for my own like knowledge later. But what's your human design? I'm a manifester. Makes sense. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, and I'm really a manifester in the, I love you, don't touch me. (laughs) Very biggest sense. Yeah. Don't anyone talk to me now. Everybody leave me alone. And my family are amazing because they really get it, but I am 100% a manifesto everything that I've read about manifestors I'm like oh yeah I see you so with that context it also makes a lot of sense (laughs) that things feel overwhelming right now right yeah because there's just nothing left and yet there's this sort of but I mean I see it in so many different ways I see it in the the wrestle to to give up oh you see even the language I use to give up the delivery (laughs) Yeah. To give it up. It feels like finding out that my, I can't remember what the word that they use, my thing, thingy is to inform, has mm-hmm. been really helpful because I kept thinking, why can't I compromise? And it's because I, I really genuinely feel like I don't need your advice on changing the content of my slides. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what yes. they are. This is the material that I deliver. This is the way it's going to be. And so... Like my partner was saying, well, maybe you could, you know, maybe they could bring their own flavor to it. And you could just kind of say, we're looking for trainers and deliverers to to work within the team. And they could bring something. And I was like, no, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) No no. one's bringing anything. (laughs) (laughs) They're just doing what I've. And it's, you know, of course, people can bring things. And and of course, but it takes me a long time to trust that what people bring is going to enhance. And it, it isn't actually about thinking I'm better. It is just a bit of almost cognitive dissonance when yep. it's suggested that I do something completely differently because it just doesn't, it just doesn't naturally occurring in me. It's like, oh, I'm in the world and this is what we're going to do and this is what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, that's totally fine. But this is the way that it's happening. <laughs> well, I actually think that can be your strength in many ways, right? Like, I'm sure that's why you've done so many. It's, it's funny. I was going to say why you've done so many things that you've done. I, I remember when you submitted your application for like the NFT. Sabrina said to me, we were talking about how like you've done so many cool things. Like you've done a TED talk, you have a book and Sabrina goes to me, I want to be Angie when I grow up. Um, I want to be me when I grow up too. (laughs) 
right? So it's like, it makes sense that you're like, I have this vision, I push it forward, I bring it to life, it's mine. Like, that's probably how you created Mm. all of these like amazing assets that you have, this amazing training that you've had. So the idea of like other people being part of that is just so foreign Mm. in concept to how you operate. I am not a human design expert. I think that's important to say here. I don't always like lead with asking clients in their first session, like what is your human design? But I actually do think it is really helpful to know bits about a person, whether that's like their Myers-Briggs, human design, whatever, right? Even their like sign, you know? And I just asked um, human design here because I felt like everything she was saying felt really related to Manifestor. And ultimately it's just there to be a good frame for us to know and operate from. Again, it could be any of those things. I'm not saying this like one particular thing is the most important. I'm just saying that sometimes having a little bit of a frame of like, oh, this is how my client kind of operates. This is sort of how they think about things. This is sort of their personality can be really, really useful. Again, it can literally be your side, right? Like I'm a Taurus and that fits me really well. And so if someone knows that about me, they already get how I operate to an extent. So I think it's just useful to be able to ask your client kind of what are they most resonant with and know some kind of frame that they're working from because it helps you get up to speed on them and their personality a little bit quicker. Like here, I really am knowing this piece that like Angie's a manifester and I can keep that in the back of my mind for our sessions, for how we operate, for when she's bringing things, how she might be relating to those things, which can help us just move forward faster, which is amazing. I mean, what makes sense to me, and you tell me if this still is true, is like, because that that piece of the business is like more triggering to let go of, like what you really do need to let go of first is more of the like management, OBM, like project management side, yeah. right? Where you're not pretending to project manage <laughs> yourself, right? Like that needs to maybe be step one. So yeah. you can even get into like, what does that feel like to maybe like collaborate, hand off that kind of thing in a way that's like less intense for you. And then it can like slowly lean into the other side. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I'm less triggered by the idea of handing off the training. Can you hear how I'm really, really veering towards, I really don't want to be delivering all of the work. I'm okay, like, no, that's, that's helpful for me to know. Yeah, so, yes. I feel less triggered by it as long as I can be absolutely in control of the message, I guess, that it isn't, it it is somebody coming into my company to deliver my materials. And, and I feel okay about that. I did feel a bit like, oh, it's not very DEI, is it? To sort of enforce this massive hierarchy about how things happen. And like, there's (laughs) zero equity. (laughs) I don't know what anyone was thinking. No inclusion, (laughs) no no belonging. Like, no. As I said. But, you know, I have to work with the materials I have. Those are my materials. So I feel less concerned about that. I feel very concerned about the process of finding somebody because I think, again, that just feels like at the moment another to-do list thing that isn't going to get done properly, that won't be highly executed, that, like, I can feel a real nervousness about being able to do it properly, which then makes me feel like, but if I had an OBM, then... I would have somebody else who could manage that. I'll support the management of that process so that what I'm not doing is writing job descriptions at midnight, going and posting them on whatever site they're supposed to be on and not, you know, <laughs> like all of the stuff and then being on Canva trying to make it look nice. And then I don't want to do any of that. And I, and I want to have the people who want to apply to do the work be sifted through before I 
have to do all of that. So there's something about the two of those things that really works together that would almost be one of the first pieces of project management, if you like, that that the other role could do. And that makes me feel much calmer. So I feel like I can let go of it now, but it just but the process itself is going to have to be done well for me to feel like it's not just been a random ad hoc kind of, oh, let's quickly get somebody in because I'm drowning. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Tell me a little bit more about like right now, like just like your day and time setup. <laughs> like how much how much on client work are you mm. doing? Like what <laughs> your face is scaring me. It means a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I mean, I feel like it's a lot, but maybe it's just normal. So I've tried to this year have Fridays, not working on Fridays as any client facing work on Fridays. But typically I have my sessions are two and a half hours long and I deliver Mm. those sessions to groups of between 10 and 15 people usually on online. And on a given day, I'm likely to have two of those. Mm. (laughs) And sometimes last year, which is where I said I can't work anymore on Fridays, I had two plus a coaching session and a meeting. And it's just like... And then, you know, my son's going, I need dinner. And it's just, it absolutely doesn't fill me with it. It's joyless when it's like that. And so even now I have clients in the, oh, I can feel myself again. Yeah. (laughs) I have clients in Southeast Asia. So they have a morning slot. So often I'll do a 7.30 a.m. start with them. And then I have a bit of a break. And then I have another session in the afternoon on really bad days, I had three two and a half hour slots, but they were also determining the time. So it was like, oh, we need a session because it's six two and a half hour sessions over a six month period. And so people would be saying, well, we need one that fits in with our after school meeting on this day. And I've been very much on the kind of back foot. So being my schedule has been informed by what my clients have needed. And this year, I'm sorry, I'm always a kind of a, a year ahead. So when I'm talking about this year, so clients I booked in for next September because the school year starts in September. Oh, sorry, this like okay. September of 23. Yes, okay. This current year is better. So there's more space. And my sister has currently been scheduling sessions for clients this year. And actually, I've probably got a maximum of two on any given day, but usually three days a week, there's two plus another coaching session, a one-to-one coaching session probably. And for, from September onwards, I've said I don't want to do anything that is determined by the client. So to ha- I wanted to have slots that people can get on a first-come, first-served basis. These are the hours that I'm going to work. And then as soon as I said it, I think I said it in January or even December, right? We're just going to have three days a week. I want to work three days a week. There are going to be three slots a day. And I'm only going to take a maximum of two in any day. And as soon as it was out of my mouth, I felt completely overwhelmed at the thought of mm. having to work three days a week with three slots a day, Yeah, which just tells me that I can't do that much delivery because it, it I can feel the overwhelm and it hasn't even happened. And those clients aren't even booked in. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Like we're talking about at minimum five hours plus a coaching session. We're talking six. Plus if you're at three, we're talking seven and a half of like, and this is just on delivery time. This is like running the business time. Yeah. So it completely makes sense to me that even the idea of hiring someone, you're like, literally you would do it at midnight because when you get off, you're with your son, yeah. right? It's not like you're like just hanging out. And then I'm done. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like you're either going to lose sleep or you're not going to get it done. Mm. And I don't have the energy anymore. I base a lot of my thoughts about myself and my ability to run my business on what used to be when I was a head teacher. I still had a son you know, he was just littler, but I had a lot more energy. And so I could go and go and go and go and run on adrenaline. And I I really don't have that energy anymore. And I don't want to work like that. And that's also not why I set up my own business. So I keep the feeling is I'm working for the man and I'm the man. I've become the man and it's just got to stop now. (laughs) Yeah. You're being like a super shitty boss to yourself. Like I would never work for me if this job was advertised. Right. Yeah. I mean, completely. I think, again, it's such a, you know, double-edged sword because it's like so cool that you've grown your business to that level. Like it's so cool. You're (laughs) hosting clients in all different continents and time zones. And it's like, there's something like, I think, you know, we can marvel at about that, but it doesn't mean it actually feels good, serves you, is sustainable, like all of those things. So I imagine there was just a period of time where you were like, oh my God, you want to hire me? Come on down. Like, here you go. And now you're like, no, yeah. no one talked to, talk to me. <laughs> right. Which energetically is not necessarily attracting the level of business that no. I would like to attract. <laughs> no. Because I no, basically, no, no. yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> like if someone came to you tomorrow, you'd probably be like, oh gosh, my workflow is broken. Well, and, like... you know, somebody contacted me using the actual new workflow system. And it's quite, I've been watching myself. I am onto myself about the energy and about how I push things away. So before I had the workflow thing, I was like, oh, I just don't seem to find the time to get back to people periodically. And the, and I was, um, I do this thing. I, I used to think it's sabotage. As soon as something is about to happen, I will find a way of not, of, you know, forgetting to email someone back. And then it just, yeah. it just disappears. And then I was watching myself last year and thinking it's not always sabotage. It is that I do not have the capacity to really do this. And yes. some of the deliverables aren't even done yet. So I can't p- promise you this thing. And it's also not some of the materials I want for you haven't been executed to the level that I want yet because I haven't had a time to get to them and I don't want them going out as they currently are. And so I was energetically really saying no. Then this workflow thing has helped quite a lot. It's helped loads, actually. But somebody sent an inquiry. And I just thought this week, how interesting. You have everything now. that All you have to do is press the to-do done. And you haven't even done it. And I've been looking at this to-do yeah. and thinking, why won't you press it? And it's because the next thing is a meeting with this person about getting them booked in for September. And I'm already thinking oh, I haven't yet got anyone else in place. So I'm energetically just not going for it, which is such a shame. It makes so much sense, right? Like, I think it's so interesting that you named, like, is it self-sabotage or not? Because they actually think it's, like, Mm. (laughs) self-preservation. Yeah. Right? Like, 
your brain, your body, your nervous system knows like you are hitting capacity and you can't really go beyond that. And so the Mm. idea of booking someone else for September, it's not necessarily like you're sabotaging your business. You're actually being like, I I truly cannot. Right. So that it makes perfect sense. And honestly, it's probably something to give yourself a little bit of credit for (laughs) because some people would just do it, burn themselves out Mm. and be extra miserable. And the fact that you're like, watching that in yourself and trying not to get to that point I actually think is important but yeah we gotta get you some help (laughs) something that's really interesting here if you guys have been listening for multiple seasons you guys know like I'm not really into coaching on self-sabotage much so you won't hear me use that term a lot that's not really how I think about things I think that so often What we are labeling as self-sabotage is what our brain is actually experiencing as self-preservation and protection, right? So here it's like Angie is pushing things away that, you know, could be great opportunities, but that's like surface level. Could we say self-sabotage? Sure. But actually what she's doing is like deep self-preservation and protection because it is way too much. And so I think sometimes that's a more helpful frame to look at it through because it doesn't feel like we're fighting ourselves. It feels like at the core, we're trying to do what's best for ourselves. And what her obviously kind of like core or subconscious feels here is that she's overwhelmed AF and more just feels like too much. And so we're going to hit the brakes now. Is that always the best thing for us? No, sometimes our subconscious can lead us in directions that do not serve us. And I think that's where that, you know, kind of like frame comes in of self-sabotage. But I think what's just helpful to see here is that, yes, pushing things away is not always helpful for our business, but at the foundation of it, are we looking at what's under and going, oh, you're really, really wanting to protect yourself here. How can we like meet that need a little bit more before we try to like push you into taking on all this extra stuff? Like your brain, is telling us your actions are telling us you need a little bit off your plate and we got to pay attention to that or it's going to be so hard to push through to that next level and it's going to feel like a push right instead of being like what do you really need and are really craving here and how do we meet that alongside of doing the things that are best for your business so september is sort of like our is that like where things like fully have to change by I mean obviously we want to lead up to it but just yeah the the sooner the better really I would love to have support I mean I think I'm ready to to just start the process of finding someone now and have it not necessarily be successful in the next two months and maybe and you know to to give it the space that means I can really find somebody that's a good match because I tend to act from the spleen I tend to be quite like yes you're great you're amazing and then (laughs) yes just not apparently the best way of hiring I don't know so I feel like it would be better to have someone or certainly in terms of delivery it would be better to have people in place soon really soon who are able to be and and I've been thinking about a kind of a model where people are associates so they apply to work on the delivery team and their contractors, but that they've all kind of, you know, they're all vetted through a similar process. I've got a couple of colleagues who have associates within their team and they're not employed full time, but but they can yes. take on a school at a time or whatever. And I think it would be better to do it sooner rather than later because I feel like there is so much we could do in terms of 
marketing and having a really healthy client list and also just people are wanting me to come back and do year two with them people are wanting really different you know groups of schools are saying oh we must we must have a conversation at the moment I'm like you're just literally pushing everything away right (laughs) now yeah and the other thing is because I have got now sort of finally that oh somebody told me they watched you speak somebody said that they we got in touch with you for this reason it feels like if I leave it for another year then that momentum that I've so diligently built Mm. just kind of dissipate I don't know if that's you know an unnecessary fear but that would be on my mind if I waited for too long yes so I think we're on the same page but you tell me where it's like you biggest thing you kind of need help with actually is the delivery but hiring the OBM first probably does make the most sense in terms of then like helping you get the associate process set up because Mm -hmm. right now like the idea of that coming from your brain too Mm -hmm. is just still too much. So it's almost like we need someone that's like going to manage and at least take some stuff off your plate, be sort of the like brain behind pushing that process forward, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you've never worked with an OBM, is that right? You've had VAs and never OBM. I've never worked with an OBM. I've just, yeah, in this having my own business, I've just worked with VAs and I would say with limited success and again, watching my own behavior because I so easily seem to feel drained of the ability to say, now do this, now do this, now do this. So then I just don't, and I stop communicating (laughs) like a small child. (laughs) You're like, I just cannot. I can't talk to yes. anybody now so I think I would be yeah. really frustrating to work with and I mean it must be sickening for anyone else to hear ever again but I can't stop I can't stop talking about it my last PA when I was a, a school principal was just amazing and so whenever I think about the sort of support that I need and then what an OBM would look like I think about the what well, she's amazing but the relationship we had and the way that she yeah. really understood the way that I worked was just such a gift and I literally contact her every six months and say are you sure about your whole career <laughs> path because like, uh-huh. you know <laughs> yes and it's out of sheer desperation because she knows nothing about what I'm doing it's not her in- she's not interested she's got like a much more lucrative job and everything but there's the relationship where somebody can say Angie this is the third time you really need to get this done today. Yeah. So this is the thing that needs to happen this morning and then and, and then don't think about it again. That I I feel like such a baby, like a whining child saying I need that level of somebody else knowing what's going on and knowing the way that I work. But that is, it was just really effective. <laughs> Let me just give you like a little permission there. That's not baby or whiny child at all. That's, I think smart leadership which is like you're gonna have the best results from your team when they understand how your brain works like that is the number one thing I work on with my COO is like Mm. her understanding how I think about things how my brain works and like that's why we've had such a good working relationship for so many years is because of that it's not it's not like childlike or whatever to want that it's like that really is like how we can form amazing like yeah 
team dynamics and like really move things forward. So I think that, I think you're actually not giving yourself enough credit to be like, you actually know what you'd want to hire for, which is someone Mm -hmm. that wants to have that dynamic with you that isn't coming in and being like, here's how I run stuff. But that's Mm -hmm. coming in being like, I'm here to get to know you and your business and Mm -hmm. figure out how you operate and then like help you make that happen. Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah. That's who we want. That's the right fit. Yeah. Like, because quite honestly, anyone can fucking learn Dub Sato. But yeah. like they have to want to learn Angie's brain and yeah. Angie's business. And that's different. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I could preach on this all day long. I'm sure I have. I'm sure you can hear it in multiple places. But your team knowing your brain is everything. And I just want to make a note of that here when we're thinking about team, when we're thinking about hiring, there is nothing more important than your team understanding how you think about things, how you function, how you would answer a question, how you would show up in that situation. Not because you're trying to create carbon copies of you, but because ultimately you are the CEO and the direction and the vision of your business. And so then being able to understand how you want to execute that or how you would show up in certain situations actually is what creates that feeling of true support from your team, right? I don't feel supported from my team because they know how to use active campaign necessarily, right? I feel a ton of support from my team because they know that our clients come first, right? And that they will always make decisions, take actions with that in mind. So is it helpful that someone knows active campaign? A hundred percent, but the deep, like true trust and support comes from something so much bigger than that. And that's really important here. And so if you have team members already, if you're thinking about hiring, taking the time to help them get to know you, how you think about things, how you make decisions, Though it can feel hard in the moment to take that time, it is some of the most worthwhile time you will spend in your business, and I promise you will not regret it. And there are some really key things around, I make far fewer mistakes now than I used to because I'm aware of my energy. And when I say mistakes, like piling on loads of work and then having to cancel things or, you know, that kind of, like I'm much better at just being, no, you've, You just have to get through this bit or whatever. One of the things that she was so good at was just saying, you really shouldn't have that meeting after this meeting. Like, despite, I know what you think about yourself, Angie, but that isn't going to work. And this is why. And, Mm -hmm. And then covering, you know, being proactive. So my values are wisdom, excellence and beauty. And Mm. excellence is really, I'm like, and that's part of the reason that I find it so difficult to hand things over as well, is if I don't think they're going to be done well. It's Mm -hmm. not just, I think I can, and it really is not because I think I can do it better. It's because I've seen someone else do it better. (laughs) No, and that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) I just know that it can be done. I just know it can happen. So it's like, I really don't want to do everything at all, but what I want what I want other people to do, I want them to do it really fucking well. So, you know, my, my partner's kind of going, oh, well, you know, I think you just like, let people have leeway. And I'm like, no, not if they're going to give me shit. So not if they're going to give me stuff that isn't well thought through. And one of the things about this person who my, my former PA was that she was just so excellently everything was so excellently executed of course she made mistakes because she's human but there was just I had such high trust for the fact that she would definitely 
respond in a way that was better than I would. Or if somebody sent us a fuming email, it was much better in her hands than it would be me dealing with it. And that was just a gift because it freed up loads of energy for me to think about other things. What comes up for me so much in what you just said is I think obviously excellence is huge for you, but I actually think what sticks out for me the most there is trust. Like Mm -hmm. it was okay if she made a mistake because you trusted her deeply, right? Which is different than like you don't have that relationship, you don't have trust, and then someone's not showing up with excellence versus like if you have that relationship and you have that trust and there's a mistake made, it's so easy to repair, right? Yeah. I mean like I'm like, you didn't make a mistake. You're amazing. (laughs) Like, I'll take the blame. I did it. Yeah. For sure. Okay. I love this. So I feel like that's, that's what I want to almost like challenge you to be like, let's hire asking those kind of questions. Let's Mm -hmm. hire with that in mind. Like we don't need to hire going, how familiar are you at Dubsado? Like Mm -hmm. we can train the right person on that. Like we need to hire being like, do you think about things in this way? Do Mm -hmm. you go out of your way to kind of like be that person who's learning my brain? How would you do that? What would that look like for you? Like, I think those are the things that are Mm going to make you feel like you're hiring, Mm -hmm. you know, a version of her, (laughs) right? Yeah. Versus like someone that just like knows the the boxes to check or whatever, but that you're not ever going to build that trust or like lasting relationship with, which is what you basically require at this Mm. point in your business like you're not gonna you know you're not gonna move forward in the way you want to if you don't have someone that you trust enough to Mm. be handing this stuff off to right yeah yeah absolutely I mean I think let's just go first step and I think like maybe we can challenge ourselves to do this quickly but you let me know (laughs) but I think first step is like let's just get a very basic list of tasks going we can do this Mm -hmm. in base camp too of like here is what you're looking for. I'll think about my network and who I know that could be a recommendation for you. And then also I'll send you a link to a matchmaking. My mm-hmm. my best friend Sarah has a VA OBM matchmaking service. Okay. It's it's a free service. She just awesome. like sends you names, you fill out a form, tell her what you're looking for, and she'll send mm-hmm. you some connection points. So Perfect. I feel like we could we could literally get you a quick list and the form filled out mm-hmm. in the next week kind of thing just so that you felt like you were moving forward on that and because the sooner you get that the sooner you get help with delivery (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but what I also think would be helpful there that I would maybe love for you to play with see if Mm -hmm. you have time for no pressure is to just kind of document your day a little bit for me like I'm just curious of like what tasks are you doing that maybe you think you still need to be holding on to that I could maybe have different perspective on if mm-hmm. I saw that list you're making a face because you know there's so much of it, right? So let's <laughs> let's let's start with that because I mm-hmm. think that that could be useful too because I imagine there's a bunch of stuff happening outside of those like big client session times that you're doing that you don't need to be doing mm. that maybe even a VA could be doing in the interim. Mm. So like I feel like only goal we have right now is stuff off your plate. Does that feel true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I'm smiling because there are, there are tasks that I'm doing in between that I shouldn't, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I was really smiling because the tasks I'm doing in between are also like, I think I should plan a virtual summit today. (laughs) (laughs) Why not on a I Tuesday mean, plan a virtual summit, right? 
because I've just got this really important idea and it's burning. And so it's a combination of both things that are, you know, that need, need doing actually, like I have to send that invoice or I have to send that reminder or today I had to f- call some, I had to phone somebody, actually use the phone oh, no. to call somebody and to chase them about an invoice that I shouldn't be doing. And yes. also there are things like planning a virtual summit or I think that I'm so excited for you to have this support because the fact that you've never had it and you're such an idea person. Like when you and I were talking, remember we were talking and I was saying like, I always say my clients are more clouds than dirt and I'm more dirts than cloud. Like you're definitely a cloud. You're like big picture, big vision, like plan summit would be on your list kind of thing, right? You need all this dirt in your life right now, right? That's like, (laughs) <laughs> okay, here are the 10 steps like like someone else yeah. can run with that. But it's yeah. like your business could go so far from here because you have all of the mechanisms to like move it there from like a creativity, mm. vision, yeah. idea perspective, but not from like a are the cogs in the wheel yeah. kind of moving. So to get those in place, I honestly think would be like life changing. Yeah, mm. I really, and I, I know this, this is the kind of non-apologetic spiritual kind of belief side of me is I know when I knew I was going to make you know you can journal and I'm going to make in the first month of my business I'm going to make this much I was like no I'm not that's not going to happen in the first year whatever and and it's not even about making money now but there is just something that has locked in around this could be so good like I have so many different reasons why this business is needed and I just feel with every fiber of my being this could be so brilliant and I can't get there. I just can't yeah. get there because there's so much to do that is not me utilising whatever wants to be channeled <laughs> to like put it yes. out into the world. And and I, I just feel it really strongly. So I almost feel like, you know, the kind of success is inevitable mantra feels so true to me because I just, it's just happening. It's like, it's in escrow, it's done. Yes. But the other stuff isn't done. So meanwhile, while I'm saying that, I'm still bloody putting the washing on it in the middle of the day and cooking a quick bolognese and then getting on a client call. And then like... <laughs> totally. You're like, I see the vision, but this is not it. It's still not yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel that for you so much. Like, I think what you've built just off of your, like even talking earlier and being like, oh, I've been like building workflows in my head for three years and I never had that. Like the the fact that you've taken your business to the point it's at without any of this is incredible. But like buckle up because if you have all of this, (laughs) like it's amazing what can happen. So like that is, I feel like that is 100% our goal. Like we need you to have stuff off your plate. We need you to have more time. You're a thought leader and you need more time to think. Like that's what's missing right now, right? So yes, we're not going to give you a lot of to-do lists this week. You're just going to like track some time and we're going to get you an OBM list going and that's right. Does that feel good? Fab. Feels amazing. Literally amazing. (laughs) Oh, so good. Okay. Well, I'm here in base camp. So I'll put that to do in. You send me some tasks as a starting point. We can go back and forth on those, get a list together. I'll send you the matchmaking and then I'm here for anything, right? So like if you're just having a bad day, if you have a celebration, if you have a question, like we'll we'll get a cadence and a flow going. Great. But reach out for any of that in base camp and just be on the lookout for that in great today and we will go from there. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Can't tell I'm you. I'm so excited too. <laughs>
Beautiful. It was Thank so good you. to talk to you, Angie. I can't wait to, to do this together. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thank you so much. Likewise. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.